0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Who Says No, the NBA Trade Podcast. As always, my name is Colin ward Henrier. I'm an NBA writer for CBSSports.com, and I am joined by Samuel H. Quinn, another writer at CBSSports.com. Sam, you know, I've known you for a long time. I don't know if I've ever asked you what the H stands for.
1: Well, it's like Jesus H. Christ. It's just H.
0: It's just H. Like Homer J. Simpson.
1: Right, exactly. That's J
0: A Y. Is it like A-Y-C-H, like H?
1: <laughs> if that were the case, you know, I think I should change my Twitter name for that. But no, it's actually, the story of my name is actually pretty interesting. I'm not going to take too long with this, but- oh,
0: Get into it, short, man.
1: Get into my it. My mom was in the hospital and she originally wanted to name me Harrison and that's my middle name, Harrison. But she saw Michael J. Fox on The Tonight Show and he was talking about his son, Sam. So she's like, oh, you know what? Sam, that's a nice name. So I'm named after Sam Fox. Fast forward five, six years- I go to the same school as Sam Fox. Sam Fox has a sister named Skylar. I have a sister named Skylar. Sam Fox has another sister named Aquina and my last name is Quinn. The biggest part of all of this is a few years later, Sam Fox's cousin, um, fellow CBS employee Macklin Stern, coincidentally enough, comes to my school as one of my best friends and I have never talked to Michael J. Fox about any of this. So I have all of these connections to his family and I've never actually spoken about with him with this.
0: I feel like I need to play like the Back to the Future music, like Huey Lewis, yeah. in the background here. There's some sort of time travel, like coincidence stuff going on for sure. Do you also have it a is... sports almanac that tells you who wins all the all the sporting events for the next 25 years?
1: So how would this work? Would like Michael J. Fox be me in the future? I think that's how it has to work.
0: I think so. Yeah, and you know, I could see it. You guys have a bear a slight resemblance. You
1: know, I mean. We, we both have our, our skills, you know, he has acting and, you know, being famous and wealthy and being the best person in the world. Every story about him is incredible. And, and I have fake trades. That's what I bring to the table. Speaking
0: of fake trades. Uh, also, it took us about 13 seconds to get off the rail. I think that's a new who says no record, by the way. So congratulations. Speaking of fake trades, uh, we're here for a reason, not just to talk about Back to the Future and Michael J. Fox coincidences. Uh, Something's going on here with the Brooklyn Nets, not off to the start that we thought they would be. They looked amazing in the first week, I think their first two games or something like that. They look great. And now things aren't looking that great. And Sam, uh, you have an idea as to why and perhaps something that might fix them a little bit. What's your idea?
1: So there are a couple of problems, but the biggest, and this really came across in the Washington game, was they don't have a competent power forward unless you count Kevin Durant, who, frankly, given his health and given the makeup of that roster, should probably be playing small forward. They played Torian Prince a lot, and not only against Washington, but in all of these seven games, and he's just not a good player. He doesn't contribute much as an NBA power forward. So we're going to upgrade that spot, and we have a couple of ideas in mind. The first one I want to throw out there is Harrison Barnes, who... You know, trains missing night. You know, he was on the Warriors and then Kevin Durant took his spot. So they've kind of almost been teammates at some point. Great three and D forward can rebound a little bit. You know, really, really add something to that roster as far as just overall creativity, which they kind of need with Spencer Dinwiddie now out for the year. So here's my proposal. We just need salary filler because Harrison Barnes is on a long-term contract that Sacramento would probably want to get off. So we're going to send Prince to Sacramento. And then to make up the rest of the salary gap, we're going to send Spencer Dinwiddie, who's out for the year and on an expiring contract, to the New York Knicks, who can get the pleasure of saying we took away a pretty well-known net. All right, we got him for free. He was just salary filler. And the Nets, since they don't have Dinwiddie for this year anyway, aren't really losing much besides his bird rights and getting rid of him. So, Colin, what do you think about the Harrison Barnes fit and who says no to that trade?
0: I, liked, I like the Harrison Barnes fit. I don't think Brooklyn says no to that. Uh, as much as they're going to, you know, not want to lose Dinwiddie for nothing, I think uh, I think they'll. he's a player option for next year. He might opt out anyway. I don't know if he's in their long-term plans. Like you said, they're playing this year without him anyway, and they clearly want to win the title this year and every year for the next, you know, four or five years if possible. Uh, honestly, uh, you know, the Knicks getting Dinwiddie for free. I don't think they say no. Like, sure, why not? I just don't know what the Kings are getting out of this here. So I, I, to me, the Kings say no, but I'm willing to hear arguments as to why they would do this trade.
1: Well, the issue is that they've looked better to start the season than we probably thought. I mean, I had them at number 15 in the West coming into the year. They're three and four right now. That's that's not bad. Like, they've had their moments. Cyrus Halliburton looks really good. You know, the incumbents look fine. Luke Walton is still Luke Walton. So not great, but, you know, a little better than he was last year maybe this is something we revisit in 10 games. If the Kings have sort of regressed to the mean, you know, they're three and four now, maybe in a couple of weeks, they're five and 10 and they're thinking, okay, yeah, let's go back to tanking. Let's get off of this contract. But you know, if the worst case scenario is Brooklyn has to give up a second round pick or something like that's not the end of the world.
0: Yeah. I just, I I always worry about, so a guy like Barnes, like he's actually playing really well this year and putting up good numbers. Um, Normally he's more of a, you know he's there for other reasons his intangibles his leadership skills you know by all accounts a great locker room guy great guy in general uh my my concern with the kings getting rid of him uh, would be all of a sudden that just that's already seems like a volatile situation with the coach and the kind of redundant positional redundancy they have around you know power forwards and now they have a lot of guards and all this stuff. Uh, Buddy hill has been known to be you know unhappy from time to time and not text his coach. I, I worry that if you get rid of a guy like Barnes and that just all starts to collapse on itself.
1: Well, the counter to that is that you have more minutes now to give to say Marvin Bagley, whose dad would probably like him out of Sacramento based on some. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Marvin Bagley's dad is listening to this, like, wait, you didn't put him in the trade? Come on, he wants to go to Brooklyn.
1: Well, your power
0: forward, that's your power forward.
1: The Kings have super rookie Tyrese Halliburton, who by all accounts is more mature than all of us put together. So maybe he can fix the locker room after Barnes is gone. And, you know, this is a short-term thing, right? Like, if the Kings are trying to tank, which I think they probably, in the end, are going to have to do, do it for a year. Who cares if you're bad? And then you bring in your great veteran next year.
0: Barnes also makes a lot of money. Look at this from the Brooklyn perspective. Uh, is, is getting rid of Torian Prince. Uh, okay, so first of all, let's just go. Why do you hate Torian Prince so much? And beyond Because he's not a
1: good basketball player. his personality. He's not a good shooter. He's not a good defender. He's not a good rebounder. Like, he put up some empty stats on Atlanta when the Hawks were bad. But, like, we've now seen seven games of him on a very good team. And the returns are awful. And he was one of the biggest reasons that they lost that Washington game. The Nets got absolutely killed on the glass. They made a bunch of dumb turnovers. He was at the center of that loss, and I think he's going to be at the center of several other losses. And right now, with Durant missing four more games, plus you'd presume he'll miss more with back-to-backs, and so will Kyrie. They don't really have that many losses to spare if they want to be a top seed. They've got to to get their act together now.
0: So does the says Barnes, Barnes, the Barnes upgrade from Prince. Is that enough to, uh, to get rid of Dinwiddie? I guess that's the question, right? From Brooklyn's perspective.
1: I think they'd probably like to keep Spencer Dinwiddie the asset because when healthy, Spencer Dinwiddie is a a very good player, b an awesome guy, an awesome guy to have in your locker room, even if he's a bit quirky and he's good. He's friends with Kyrie Irving. Like that has value to Brooklyn, but the realistic nature of Spencer Dinwiddie is that he does not want to be the fourth guard on a good team. Like, nothing that he's done suggests that he's going to be okay with that. I thought, coming into the year, that he would try to opt out after the season and find a starting job somewhere else. And I think he could have done it, because last year he was almost an all-star. So maybe without the injury, it's harder. I think there's a better chance that he opts in now, but the goal, as you said, is you've got to win the championship right now. You don't know how many chances you're going to get. You know, even with Kyrie and Kevin Durant looking as good as they are, they're now... Both on the older side as far as superstars go, they both have long- lengthy injury histories. You don't know how many chances you're going to get. So this is one of them. Take advantage of it.
0: You know who I'm asking for if I'm the Kings? I'm asking for Bruce Brown. What's going on? Why is Bruce Brown the in jail? Needs to play him. No. Why is he in Bruce jail? Brown I don't is...
1: understand. And not only that, like Timothy Luwau Kabero playing over him and also honestly not playing that badly, Prince playing over him. Like they've got to get Bruce Brown in there and maybe one of the silver linings to this Durant absence is with both Durant and Dinwiddie hurt. Maybe Steve Nash has nobody chance, has no chance but to play him. So I'm treating that as a silver lining. Hopefully we see him over the next four games, but Bruce Brown's an awesome defender. I think he could really help them.
0: He's a really good defender and he actually I mean I you know I watched probably two more Pistons games than I should have about the end of last year when they were terrible. And he's like he was developing into a pretty decent point guard playmaker type too. Like he's not a great shooter, but I well, mean Well, he can you from the cup that's yeah, and he's, he and he's kind—he's really competent well. offensively, and, and with that defense, I just—it's so weird to me. Like even in preseason, he wasn't playing that much. I was just really confused.
1: It has to be something internal. Like there has to be a political reason. Like maybe ethnic and practice, maybe Durant and Irving because they control that whole organization. does really like TLC. I don't have a good answer for it. He should be playing.
0: So like if if I'm the Kings and and I guess that's getting at a larger question is like sh- am I then asking for, you know, you mentioned Kuroks or Cabrera or Bruce Brown or Claxton or say so am I trying to get like one of these guys who's not going to play for them anyway, can I get them in the deal? I think that'll help entice them. If you want Nick
1: Claxton, there. sure. Yeah. Like there's nothing oh, wrong with. Right, I got, got enough for big
0: for men it. in Sacramento.
1: If you want Kurucs, sure. Like I don't think they would give up Bruce Brown because I think they deep down will eventually realize that he can actually play. You know, TLC is playing right now. I wouldn't give him up for free. So if you want one of those guys, sure, you can take him. But or if you want a second round pick, take that.
0: And you don't think that Jeff Green is going to be the answer for Brooklyn at power forward?
1: The road to hell is paved with teams that relied on Jeff Green. (laughs) Like that. If you really want to go into the playoffs and say we think Jeff Green can be like our starting power forward or our small ball five or whatever. Like it's nice to have Jeff Green. Jeff Green is a good option. I think he's looked pretty good for them. You do not want to go into the playoffs thinking, we need Jeff Green, because a lot of teams have thought that before, and none of them have won the championship.
0: Yeah, Houston was all about it. He's having his resurgence last year. He's like, oh, the small ball five, he's going to be great, man. Didn't work out so well in the playoffs.
1: And then he played a real small ball five in the Davis, <laughs> and we saw the flaws there.
0: Yeah, is, I mean, is Anthony Davis a small ball five, or is he just a five?
1: Well, he would tell you he's a small ball five. <laughs> Another conversation. It's an interesting segue though into the other team we want to talk about, which is Houston. Because yes. they have a power forward that a lot of contenders would really like, who's making a good deal less than Harrison Barnes, and we don't know how motivated they are to trade him yet. He's kind of entwined with James Harden. What about PJ Tucker? What about I thought
0: you were gonna say Bruno Caboclo?
1: Well he well, we gotta do a whole episode on Bruno. <laughs> That's an entirely separate
0: conversation. I'm just kidding, I didn't really think that. No offense, Bruno.
1: So what about something like PJ Tucker and Daniel House? for Torian Prince in a first-round pick.
0: Okay, I'm I'm listening. I'm listening. Obviously, for the Nets, that's an immediate upgrade. Tucker seems like a perfect guy to play alongside all those stars. He'll do the dirty work.
1: Mike D'Antoni is on the bench there.
0: Great corner three-point shooter. House is
1: getting bullied inside.
0: Yeah. Is House getting minutes at that point, or is he just kind of insurance?
1: I mean, maybe you could play him over TLC. You kind of see how they look. I, I don't know. Like, Daniel House is a nice little project. And worst case, maybe you flip him somewhere else. He's a little bit of salary. You can trade in another deal. Like, I'd probably like to play Daniel House. I think he's good. But I don't know. I don't think he's super important. He's mainly in there, a salary filler. And plus, if you're getting two guys, it's easier to give up the first round pick.
0: That's the, yeah, that's the other question is, it, are you are you willing to part with that for Well, I get, you know, Tucker's expiring, but there's a good chance they could probably re sign him, you would think, right?
1: Yeah, I would say they would have a pretty easy time extending him. I don't think he's going to ask for that much. It seems like a respect thing to him where he wants whatever team he plays for to make a real commitment to him. And if you have to commit to PJ Tucker for two more years at his current salary or something close, yeah, you do it in a heartbeat. It's not even if he falls off a cliff, that's he's worth so much more right now. he's making that it's worth it for a one-year investment so i would do that in a heartbeat the question now is what do you have to do about the draft capital and find brooklyn like just give up my 2021 first round pick just say we're not gonna have a first round pick this year it's fine we don't need one you know houston you're getting the 23rd 24th pick whatever ends up being and that's that that seems like a pretty straightforward deal to me
0: sam i'm not gonna lie i like this a lot i'm looking i'm trying to i'm
1: trying to pick it apart but
0: like it really does make sense for everybody, and like on top of everything else, the Rockets hate House because of that stunt he pulled yes. in the bubble. So getting him out of there is not gonna. There nobody's gonna be shedding any tears there. Uh, Prince is a guy who like, like Prince can approximate House's production in the Rocket system, right? I mean, well
1: he can take a bunch of threes and miss most of them. Like <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if you don't have any ambitions, then sure, by all means play Torian right. Prince, and but the, he's really in this salary filler.
0: The elephant in the, the Rockets' room is, of course, that James Harden is probably going to get traded. And if you do that, there's no reason to hang on to P.J. Tucker. So you might well, as well make this the deal in the first round. The end.
1: other question there is, do you need to hold on to P.J. Tucker as an enticement in the James Harden proceedings? Because right now, it doesn't seem like there's a good offer out there for James Harden. If you're the Rockets, do you have to hold on to Tucker and say, OK, fine, give us your best stuff for Harden, and we'll give you Tucker, too.
0: Mm. Also, like, do you want to pull the trigger on... Trading Tucker if Harden is, you know, let's say content. Well, you talk to him. Not making too much noise, you
1: know. I mean, right now the Rockets are two and four. I I think they look a lot better than that record. And I think over say twenty games, they'll probably be back to five hundred or above it a little bit. Like John Wall looks great, James Harden looks great, Christian Wood looks great. The defense leaves a lot to be desired, but like they look pretty decent.
0: Yeah, it's just a matter of what what Harden's going to do. I hate you know he's just taken this whole team by a new franchise hostage, and sounds like he's been doing that for a lot of years. But now well, it's it's much more in the open.
1: It comes down to this: if they know that they're going to trade Harden in the end, then there's no reason to keep PJ Tucker. If they think there's a chance they can keep James Harden, then okay, it makes sense. Let's hold on to Tucker and try to win this. Try to get at least up to like the seven seed or something.
0: Well, I uh, I like this trade more than I like the other one. I'll just tell you that.
1: I think it's one of the easiest trades in the NBA. Like we're not the first people to talk about it. It's it's such a simple. We
0: are. We're breaking ground here. Heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Breaking news. Nets need a power forward and Houston has one.
0: So here's the other question. Do the Nets, can the Nets win the championship without making a deal for a power forward?
1: I think the answer is no. I think right now, like if they made it to the finals, which I don't think is a given, the Lakers would just bully them. Like the Lakers would just run all over those guys. Like, I'm not even sure they could beat Milwaukee as currently constructed, frankly. Like, do you feel great about building a wall with the pieces they have now? No, I think Giannis would score 40 on them.
0: They got DeAndre Jordan. I think you may have forgotten. DeAndre,
1: him. Well, he's kind of perfect for building a wall because he doesn't move anyway.
0: <laughs> he's he's, kind he's of just a, wall. a
1: wall. Yeah. So, okay, you've got your first piece of the wall, but not that hard to beat a center who can't move.
0: So you're not buying the Kevin Durant power forward stuff?
1: I think he can play power forward. I just... You got to have other options because right now that front court is so thin. I mean, they're relying on Jeff Green. They're relying on Torian Prince. DeAndre Jordan just right now does not look like a good NBA player. I think they'll eventually, you know, see the light on the Jared Allen stuff, but they, they need a bit more. They need more bulk. They're getting just they're getting killed on the glass. I mean, Washington, the Wizards are not a particularly strong or tough team, and they absolutely destroyed them on the on the boards.
0: That's why it sounds like Tucker might be a better fit than Barnes, even though Barnes might be a better overall player. I think Tucker sounds like he's the guy who will plug the holes that that they have right now.
1: And it's it's just an easier trade to make. He's cheaper. He's older. He's on a team with, let's say, clear clear a clear direction. You know, clear ambitions. We know what the Rockets' deal is right now. Like right? they're going to trade James Harden sooner or later. And at that point, it just makes no sense to hold on to Tucker.
0: Well, Sam, we did it. We fixed the Nets.
1: All right. Good for us.
0: You believe that? I mean, this was a smooth, smooth podcast. We just talked it out and all of a sudden we're like, hey, here's a deal that'll work. Here's a player that'll work. The other team has motivation. Let's do it.
1: So we fix the Warriors inadvertently, right? We did the Let's Fix the Warriors podcast and they're four and one since.
0: So I would argue that
1: the moment we sit down and decide, let's fix a team, that is when the team gets fixed
0: it's a very like a kind of existential like tree you know a tree in the woods falls like does it make a sound chicken or the egg type of situation
1: so if masai Jerry hears this you know we could maybe do a raptors podcast we'd be open to that for the right price
0: yeah, yeah we might need to fix them they, they don't look great
1: they're coming up next
0: sam quinn we fixed the nets thank you so much for joining me um hopefully uh yeah hopefully pj tucker doesn't end up in houston jail he's a he's a good player and a good guy i'd like to see him on a on a competitive team
1: he's high on that list of guys without a ring that i think everybody wants to see win a ring
0: yeah and imagine the sneakers could you imagine in the championship
1: he might honestly wear solid gold shoes to the finals (laughs) he might melt down the championship trophy and put them on put it on his feet
0: All right, Sam, hopefully I'll wear my solid gold shoes uh, for our next episode, and
1: I will talk to you soon, my friend. Sounds like a plan. Talk to you later, Kyle.